been way too long and I really miss you. Love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dives with Tata PTM. 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 My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. What's up, guys? Welcome to Top Fives and Deep Dives this week. Me, Justin. I've got uh, my beautiful, beautiful man, Mike, across the pond in the UK. What's up, dude? Yo, how's it going? Good, good. Um, we're gonna get, we're gonna bring him on here in just a few minutes. But we've got one of our dear friends from back in the day at Boston University, James Passamato, who we like to refer to as Pass, coming on in just a few. And our topic today is going to be top five football movies. Before we get there, we're going to hit you with our spotlight of the week, our new segment that we've had in our last couple episodes, if you've been listening. All right, so our spotlight of the week, this is going to be a short one for us this week. The first time we'll be doing a song, and that is the new Kings of Leon song, Echoing. Uh, I think it came out about a week ago and the video came out on February 18th, my birthday. Wow. Big shout shout out to to you. Uh, It is the third single off their new album, uh, When You See Yourself, which is coming March 5th. And it's it's their first album in five years. So this is going to be a big one. Uh, But Town, what did you think of this? You know what? I was... uh, I'd say I was somewhere in the middle on it. I'm a big Kings of Leon guy, big fan... I've liked pretty much all of their albums. Um, I thought their last album, Walls, was was great. Uh, saw them saw them on tour for it a couple times, and I think what I liked about Echoing is it felt like it felt like they they reached a little bit from everything. It definitely was the the most maybe of any of their songs since the only by the night record which was like the one where they blew the fuck up into the stratosphere that i felt like i i saw hints i felt i heard hints of that in there but then i also heard sort of the style that they've been heading towards the last few albums since then i i don't know i'd say it wasn't it's not a standout of theirs for me but it did get me excited to listen to the full album and it's been a while since I've been excited about any albums recently. So I'm I'm really excited for that to drop on March 5th. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with most of that. I mean, I, I think it's also sort of middle of the road, though. I, you know, I probably listened to it like a dozen times this week and it's it's growing on me a little. It has like a really good energy to it like it kind of gets you going almost almost anthemic in that way i agree it does it is a grower it gets better every listen yeah definitely and but for me i definitely heard more of the kind of older stuff like you were saying sort of a back to their i mean they always have their their pioneered sound you could say but it's this kind of what i expected from them a little bit more raw than what we've heard from them like the earliest albums like youth and young manhood aha shake heartbreak yeah uh, the the raw early sort of 
a little bit more rockin' days. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, we, we talked about this on our music apps a lot. I always like when the sound's a little bit raw. This one's like a little, almost deliberately fuzzy in a sense. Um, and yeah, but but it, like like you said, I think it's didn't immediately blow me away, but it's it's one that I keep kind of going back to. I've just left the tab open, probably listened to it a couple times a day, and it's I'm I'm liking the energy behind it. I'm with you, and I think I like it the most because they they released two other songs, the Bandit and a Hundred Thousand People. I think I like this one the most of the three. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. You are right. The more I'm thinking about it about the older raw stuff it's it's almost like the song actually has a little bit of each era i'd say it has a little bit of the rawness of the early days a little they dabble a little bit in the sound of sort of the middle absolute blow up era and then their most recent few albums i definitely also saw a little piece of that sort of vibe in it as well so i guess it's a good a good little mishmash of everything and up into this new this new era that they're coming out in. I think no matter what, we would definitely say March 5th, new album. Everybody wait for that. You can pre-order it now, but obviously go get it on the 5th. Yeah, you got to check it out. When You See Yourself, such a great band. Once Live Shows Return, if you've never seen them, they absolutely kill it. So check out the album. Check them out live when shows return. And... uh yeah, we love we love us some Kings of Leon. Mike, is it is it time to to get to our to get back to football? Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right, so time to bring on Poss. Yo, what's up, man? What's up, guys? How you doing? Good. So fucking happy, happy to, to have here. you here. Oh, same time. Oh, I'm psyched. Oh, <laughs> very coming... special episode. Very special guest. I mean, we've been waiting to do something sports. And you're just you're the right man to have on, so it's finally coming together. Wow. I'm really really excited to get into the nitty gritty of this football topic. I'm like truly like there's a few we I'm sure we all have some friends that are into sports, but like when I was thinking who we need on for the first sports one, it was never a doubt that it had to be you. It had to be you. Had to be the biggest degenerate gambler. <laughs> <laughs> so this fucking Boston sports man. <laughs> Uh, Gambling's uh, all on the up and up now. You're not a degenerate anymore. You're just a an average. That's true. It's a it's a mainstream thing now. So who doesn't gamble these days now? Me, maybe, I guess. (laughs) I'm like the only person. I I feel the need to say this uh for our international audience. This episode is about American football (laughs) movies. (laughs) Fair. Just to be clear. Very good caveat especially since I'm sure we have a decent amount of listeners in, and at least the UK. Um, We're global, baby. Shout out to all of our listeners in Colombia. Yeah. Shout out to the Colombian listeners. We've might uh, pass. We're on the, apparently we're on the top list of uh, film and TV podcasts in Colombia. (laughs) (laughs) So big shout out. Yeah. Big, big shout out. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll have to do a live podcast from Colombia one day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I'd be very down, very down. Uh, Boss, you can come with us. We can do, we can do like best baseball movies that time. It'll be great. Absolutely. Um, I'll do any topic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, This is the thing. Like as much as we're hyping you up for sports, like just like us, like you're a big movie guy. Like you and me. I'm a big movie buff and I've, I've listened to some of you guys a lot, you know, last podcast episodes. And I know Justin, you and I have similar tastes, you know, that, 
I know Mike hates space, but I actually love space in sci-fi movies. My man. So horror is not so much my genre. I know, Mike, that you like horror movies. I like thrillers, like suspenseful thrillers, okay. uh, but I'm not so much like a slasher horror film guy. All right. That's good to know. Poss is my yeah. Poss is my fellow space guy. I'll never forget when we watched Sunshine together. Do you yes. remember that? So good. Yeah. Oh, such a good movie. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, so excited. So football movies, pretty much, it's self-explanatory for everyone out there. I don't think I don't think we need to give any uh, guidelines because it, uh, it's wait. I think we should just say as usual, no docs. Oh yeah, no docs, no docs. There's tons of football docs out there, so this is not docs. But any football movie, and you know, if I feel like we're all gonna be pretty on the money here, but if anyone picks one that feels like it's you know sort of on the sidelines of a football movie, (laughs) then uh, then we can argue it to our heart's content, and that's what we like doing, anyway. I've got one. I've got one that's arguable, so I'm ready. Okay. Okay. Well. For everyone out there, I, th- I think we'll just jump into it. Um, the order today is going to be, we're going to go me, then we're going to go Poss, then we're going to go Mike. And uh, I'll kick us off, gentlemen. And if, if, if one of you guys have this somewhere in your top five, feel free to stop me before I go. But my number five to kick it off is probably the first football movie I ever saw. It is the Water Boy. Oh, I haven't had oh, it. The same number five. Oh my of god! Course. Amazing. Of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, okay, so when we get to it on my list, we'll have to all do it. Okay, so you have it higher. Uh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Holy shit! So we all have it. That's unbelievable. Dude, I'm, so, I'm so glad because before we get there, let me just say, like, I love this movie, and then having read some reviews this week, apparently it, se- it seems a bit generational. Like it's not really connecting with people younger than us, but mm-hmm. it was so big when we were growing up. So I feel totally vindicated now. I yeah, like. I will say a lot. A lot of these movies, I feel like the timing was important for yeah, sure. Because yeah. um, a lot of my movies, I looked at like when they came out, and it just happened to be at that. Yeah, that this one, you know, was what ninety-eight. I mean, we can go into it when we get to Mike's. And it was like, yeah, we'll go more into it, but like, I agree completely totally. that it was, it was, some of these things are of the time. And, and I think Waterboy, maybe of all of them, is the most like that. I, yeah, so we'll, we'll talk more about it, but I will say this is the one movie from my top five that I didn't rewatch this week because I watched it already once in lockdown. And then this morning, I was like, fuck it, I'm watching Waterboy again. And it was <laughs> Wait, bro, I also watched it this morning. <laughs> it's, it's, all right, all right, all right. We'll get there, it's, we'll get there. It's me now, right? So now it's, it's you. Mike. So, so it's me and Mike, you, Mike. Both, me and me and Paz both have Waterboy number five. Dude, What's I yours, Mike? putting it as high as two, let's be honest. <laughs> um, yes. All right. My number five is 1979's North Dallas 40. Ooh. Wow. Christina's? this? I have never seen that, actually. I haven't either. I had it on my list of movies I wanted to watch, but it's one of the few that I unfortunately did not get to. Okay, cool, cool. So uh, basically, well, it's a it's an adaptation of a novel, which was written by this guy, Peter Gent, who was a wideout for the Cowboys. Uh, and in this, it's basically this team that's North Dallas, 
and I think they're the Bulls. I, I already hate it. I already hate it. We're talking about the Cowboys. <laughs> well, <laughs> how dare you? Did you watch Little Giants? That's all about how the Cowboys are terrible. Rick Moranis movie. I mean, anyway, well, yeah. come on. Why wouldn't I love it? It's about my team. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So this is a, it's just like it's clearly semi-autobiographical. Um, about his time there and there's some recognizable personalities if you know who was like on the team or who was sort of in the management of the team at that time and it's it's kind of uh so it's uh the main character who's playing like let's say the guy that wrote the book is nick nolte in his like extremely extremely grumbly like old self even though it's 79 he's still like (laughs) the old old guy on the team so he's out Half of his lines are just like, uh, uh, like it's just it's incredible, but it's it's kind of twofold where it's like the antics and the outrageous behavior of the team and and all the people at that time with like all the wild partying and stuff, and then also it's big into like basically Nick Nolte is being replaced on the team, but like his sort of younger counterpart is unwilling to put his body through the same stuff that Nick Nolte is. And he's just like, yeah, shoot me up with like millions of needles and painkillers and I'll go out there and like give it my all uh, for this team. And and I won't say like what happens, but it's really, uh, it's really early on in sort of like the player safety um, and player rights kind of movement. So that part of it really, really plays well um, still. And, and the humor part is a little bit, the novel is more like scathing about the league than the humor, but some of that even comes through like very early on in the movie. There's like a, like an almost rape scene. And like, because this was 79, that was like supposed to be part of the comedy. And obviously now it's like horrific. And so like that comes across, it still adds to the film, but in a different way showing like how crazy these guys are, if that makes sense. Wow. Okay. And it's 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 really good. It's, I I have never seen it, but uh, yeah, I watched it a few days ago, and I, it's it's one that I it's probably the one that sat with me most um, that I've been thinking about all week. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I'm curious to check it out now. Me too. I'm sort of sad that I didn't check get to check it out prior to this, but yeah, it sounds it sounds good. I mean, and Nick Nolte being grumpy, grumbly Nick Nolte is typically a good time typically it's, not yeah, always it's it, it's it's great um oh it's a good pick that's a good pick boss we're gonna have to watch it yeah for sure like we mentioned i mean these generational football movies i feel like there's so many once you start to look into how many different you know football movies has been over the years and i think some of those older ones i just haven't seen but I'm sure they are great in their own way and same and- we did talk about, and I'm sure everybody knows that there is a formula to a lot of these football movies, and this one doesn't necessarily follow that. It definitely has, you know, some of the elements that are unavoidable, but it's not quite as formulaic. So it's it's refreshing after you've seen like 20 other of the same movie, basically. <laughs> That's fair. That does sound nice. That does sound nice. Yeah, they really, they do really have that formula, and it is funny though how there you guys feel there's there really are like the different eras of the football movie. You know, you've got like your 70s, Absolutely. 80s, then you have your 90s, then you have like this interesting span from like the mid 2000s to like the mid 2010s that had like a slew of them. And it was like, yeah, yeah, interesting. But uh, nice pick. Excited to check that one out. And uh, with with those 
Dubs Waterboy picks were were down to number four. So my number four is probably my number four surprised me, and I'd I'd never seen it, and I thought it was really good. And it was uh, it's 2006's We Are Marshall. You guys see this one? Yeah. Yep. So I've seen it, not recently, but I've seen it. But you've seen it. So I thought that I'd maybe seen a little bit back in the day, just because I mean, Poss, as you know, our main man, Jack Shepard, Matthew Fox. Oh yeah. Is Absolutely. I mean he's he's sort of like the co-lead, honestly. I know McConaughey is the lead, but like when you really think about the story, like his character, Jack, you know, Matthew Fox's is sort of like a co-lead in it. And at at worst, he's the he's the main supporting actor. Anyways, I thought I had sort of seen it a little bit back in the day and wasn't that into it. The reviews are so so. I went back and watched it, and I was, I, I was pretty blown away. Like just in the sense of no, I didn't think it was like the greatest gift to earth that we've ever gotten. But I thought it was a really well done, emotional. Um, slightly different from the rest of the stories that we get in all these movies, just because obviously, I mean, this is a true story and it's very sad. I mean, this, the entire, the entire football team, uh, dies and save for a couple players and one coach that by chance weren't on this flight that, that crashed and it's just you know the town sort of rebuilding and certain people healing grieving and Matthew McConaughey pretty much coming in as this you know outsider who's the only guy that's willing to take the head coach job after all this and really trying to to bring this town back together and bring this team back together and it's it, it really was like an uplifting wonderful movie to me and i thought that you know when i look back at mcconaughey's career obviously at this point we consider him this mega a-lister he's fucking incredible but back in 2006 he was not he was still rom-com matthew mcconaughey yes, in 2006 yeah. and it's like he didn't do tropic thunder till 2008 and that's i felt like was the turning point where he started doing different stuff but really, now that I look at We Are Marshall 2006, this was sort of the turn. This was one of his first roles that was different where he didn't just play the guy, the lead in the rom-com. And he does, I mean, he's Matthew McConaughey. He does a great job. I really was impressed with Matthew Fox. I mean, he was great. You've got a, a, a younger Anthony Mackie in there. He's great. You've got Ian McShane, Kate Mara, January Jones. There's actually a pretty big cast, but... I don't know. I really liked it. I, I was really surprised, brought me to tears a couple times. And I thought that some movies that I watched that I'm sure, you know, afterwards we're going to talk honorable mentions. Maybe some of these are in your guys's one. So I won't say the names of any, but some other football movies I watched, even a couple that maybe are further in my top, you know, further along. I felt like some of the like some of the football scenes or maybe some of the climactic scenes weren't as epic as I wanted them to be. And I felt like We Are Marshall delivers. Like, everything felt like it was, I don't know. I thought it was top-notch. I was very impressed, very impressed. And uh, 
for me to put that over the water boy for me that's like a big deal because again water boy i know we're going to talk more in depth but that was the first movie i think i ever saw in theaters like just me and my dad like just us two going to a movie together and so i have a lot of sentimental value for it and i and i really love the movie but i just thought i mean we are marshall impressed number four shout out to lost obviously for my main man yeah Matthew Fox. I mean, for what I remember, I haven't seen it in a little while, but I mean, it just had so many elements to that movie. Obviously, there's like that big tragedy and it's like a, it's a intense drama in a lot of ways. Um, it is. And it's, it's a- just a very uplifting story at the same time. They, they rebuild that team. And I know there's like some townspeople against it or they're just like trying to mourn and they're trying to keep the spirit of the team alive. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, it was just a great story. I remember, the, I mean, excellent acting from you know, Matthew McConaughey is just this outside, easygoing, like, yeah, let's, you know, seize the opportunity and like rebuild this team. And then uh, Jack Shepard, he's actually like, uh, he was on the team, right? He just didn't make the flight. Is that correct? Yeah, he's a, like an assistant yes. coach. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And he and was like one exactly. player as well. He, there was yet yeah, two players, one, Anthony Mackey's one because he was injured, but then there's another, his right. best friend missed it because he like overslept, so he feels guilty. And then Matthew Fox, as the assistant coach, the reason he misses it is because I think it, I think it's just a, a fan, like a father, but wants to get back for like his daughter's play. And so Matthew Fox decides to be a nice guy and he gives him the spot and then of course the plane goes down. He feels some survivor's guilt as well, I think. But yeah, it's just it's similar to what Mike was saying about um, about North Dallas Forty. Is this to me felt a little bit different from all the other ones I watched because of the fact that I feel like even if even the inspirational dramas tend to have a bunch of humor and stuff in it. And I felt like this was, yeah, it, it had fun moments, but like it was a drama more so through and through that ended up being very uplifting. So it was like, I and I like a good drama. So I thought it was fucking great. I really liked it. Yeah, I mean, you guys have pretty much said it, but I thought I thought Anthony Mackie was really good in a smaller role. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that there's a film about this because it's just such a terrible tragedy that it's. I'm glad it's you know bringing more attention to it. And then I thought, yeah, Matthew McConaughey, I really liked his performance, and I thought what was interesting about it was you're right, this is like rom com McConaughey, like it's not Dallas Buyers Club, but like he he kind of was playing Rob McConaughey like it was it was him but he was also using that to kind of elevate the role so i i thought it was a really smart cast and i thought he he did a great job mhm i agree i agree it was it's almost like you could sort of see the transition a little bit yeah. he had yeah. that rom-com McConaughey charm but he brought it to the drama very well exactly yeah well pass my good friend. one to me okay yeah, so my number four, again, was one of the earlier movies I saw, but it stuck with me. It had a lot of different, uh, I guess I'll say, like, uh, moments to the movie. You know, there's drama, there's comedy, there's a lot in it. Um, I know, Justin, you'll probably love this one. My number four is the 1999 movie Varsity Blues. Ooh, so good. Such a good one. Oh. It's just, it's got obviously it's it's about 
you know, this high school football team in Texas, um, you know, they've won the division title, I think, like, I mean, I don't know how many years in a row, but they have this coach who's just all about winning, John Voigt. They have James Vanderbeek. I think he was doing Dawson's Creek around that time, so he was mm-hmm. huge. Your boy Paul Walker from Fast and Furious. Rest in peace. star quarterback. He gets injured, and then James Vanderbeek steps in as the backup, and there's kind of this feud between their dads, or they're saying whose son is better, and a lot of personalities. Amy Smart's in the movie. There's a lot of... Um, small little roles in that movie, but just ridiculous characters too. I mean, you have Billy Bob, who's one of the most legendary like characters of just, he's hilarious in the movie, but then they, they also find a way to tie in these like dramatic moments where, you know, when I rewatched it, you know, it seems like kind of cheesy and corny at the beginning. And it's like, so over the top, you know, I think the first scene with Billy Bob, he's like chugging maple syrup in his truck. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, with the first shot of first shot of James Vanderbeek is like Moxon, his brother's like strapped to a cross, like in his robe. It's just like super random tweeners, like mooning them in the truck. That's like the first time you see him. Uh, I forget oh my, that. That's that's Scott. Can, that's Scott can. Scott, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Scott can. Yeah. Um, it's just so many ridiculous mo- moments in this movie. that are like over the top, just like funny moments. So it's, it's kind of about the high school drama too. Then they tie in these, you know, football moments and the pressures of like high school football and John Voigt's this hard ass coach only wants to win. He doesn't care about the health and safety of the players. He's a piece of shit in it. Yeah, it's a piece of crap. And Paul Walker had been, you know, getting injections for his knee and he kind of like brushed it aside like it was no big deal. And then he gets hurt. He has that serious injury, which they Mm -hmm. said he shouldn't have been playing. Yeah. So there's all the players hate the coach, but you know, they're part of the team and they want to play football. And um, so I just thought it was, you know, it's a fun movie, obviously, you know, there's, there's funny moments, but then, you know, there's dramatic moments. They have the scene where they all rebel against the coach and um, you know, there's so many good moments. They have moments with their teacher who teaches them sex ed. And then we see at the strip club later, she's like, that's where you get the fucking 10. Fucking 10. Yes. Yes. Dude. (laughs) Billy Bob. Strip club scene is fantastic. I, Oh, that this movie just missed my list. And like one of the most fun rewatches this week, like, (laughs) holy shit, you're you're on fucking point with everything you're saying. And like Scott can is so good as tweener, like stealing. Yeah. Stealing the cop car. And like, yeah, of course, the the strip club scene is just unbelievable. But it's you're right, man. The, The cast is stacked. Also, Allie Larder. And, and the infamous fucking whipped cream scene. Like, yep. I was going to say the whipped cream scene yeah, is yeah. like one that as a like young teenager, you yep. remember that scene. Oh, you yeah. thought that was like the coolest thing when you're like 11 years old or whatever we are. But they, they, was it, it was not another teen movie. They spoofed it in, right? Is that the one Correct. they spoofed it yep. in? Yeah. I, I mean, that's so. how big it was. It was like a pop culture thing. And right. the soundtrack, how fucking 90s oh, and MTV is, is so the perfect. soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I thought the same thing when I listened to it. I was like, this is 90s. It really is. Music is is on point. So I wouldn't say it's like, you know, the best movie of all time. But I think it was just at the time. I mean, there were so many memorable moments that it created. Obviously, it's like kind of a comedy. But then they find a way to make like serious moments when I rewatch it. It still has the drama elements. 
to it, you know, when the big injury happens to Paul Walker, you know, when they had the mm-hmm. feud with the coach, there's so many different scenes, you know, Billy Bob's getting these concussions and they're pressuring him to play. And um, there was just so many moments in that movie that I, I thought were still like fairly serious and like, it, it still showed the pressures of like high school football and it had some, some good like football scenes as well. Um, so I just thought it was like, it had a lot of everything in that movie that, you know, a lot of people could enjoy. Dude. So I hadn't seen this in a long time. Uh, and I watched it this week and I have to say it, it didn't really work for me. The, <laughs> the love lost for me, unfortunately. And you guys actually both kind of, if you add up what you've both said, that that was the issue. It's like, this movie is kind of a parody of itself. Like there's scenes in this movie that would be indistinguishable from not another teen movie because it's so absurd on itself that like the tone, it it was just, it was lost for me. I mean, I had a great time and you're right. Boss said no matter what, there's like several iconic lasting memories. So it definitely deserves credit for that. But overall it just, it just wasn't as funny as I thought it was before. This fucking guy. (laughs) I mean, I, like, see, I see what you're saying, Mike. Like, I, I get, like, that some of it's, like, I thought when I first saw the first few minutes of the movie, even, I was, like, it's kind of corny. It's, like, kind of yeah, goofy. Yeah. And, but I don't know. It still had moments to maybe, like, laugh out loud, you know, when I rewatched it. And, you know, it still tied in those serious moments. And I thought John Voight was, like, a great, like, Texas high school coach. Like, all he wants is winning. Doesn't care about anything else. Um, but, yeah. I see. I see that. Yeah, I, I, I get it too. I same thing actually that you just said. Pause first few minutes when I was watching, and I was like, I was like, ah, is this gonna hold up? It is a little bit like maybe a little overboard, but but no, I I personally did enjoy it at the end of the day and had a lot of fun rewatching it. And and I will bring us down for a moment. Sadly, you guys know Billy Bob's dead in real life. Really, no, I, I did not know that. Yeah, he died in two thousand. Sadly, died in two thousand sixteen. Um, just like I, I think he had a lot of issues because of his weight, unfortunately, yeah, and yeah. he ended up getting um gastric bypass surgery, and oh, wow. I think that it ended up. I mean, he actually like lived for a long time after it because he he did it in two thousand. So a lo- like literally like right after Varsity Blues, but he had so many uh, surgeries as a result afterwards, and he like actually flatlined during the initial procedure. Anyways, many, many years later, he ended up having issues with like his liver and kidneys, and he unfortunately uh, died like a year later, but really sort of made me sad i i didn't know but i was watching with alex and she like looked it up because she was like she was just like oh i wonder what all these guys you know the ones that she didn't know were still doing today and she was like oh my god like ron lester who plays billy bob she's like he passed away i was like that makes me sad wow yeah, yeah. Sad. i know so rest in peace to him and rest in peace to our to our our man paul walker a lot of couple good guys in that movie that are no longer with us. Yeah, young guys too. They were young. I know. Movie, so. Way too young. Way too young. Well, sadly, that also actually provides a segue to my number four. Oh boy. Okay. Wow. All right. So my number four is 1991's The Last Boy Scout. 
Oh my god, I knew, I knew you were gonna fucking pick this. Just it's not exactly a football movie, but like fuck you because I don't care. <laughs> so oh, you I I actually I will admit I didn't watch it and I I've, I've been meaning to watch this movie forever, but I knew that it has a football angle and I was like if anyone's gonna fucking pick this, it's gonna be Mike. Wait, have you ever seen it? No, and I've always I've meant never to. Seen it. Okay. Uh, that's, that's good to know. So this is, it's a crazy movie because it's, so it's 91 directed by Tony Scott, rest in peace. Uh, at his absolute height, Joel Silver produced it at his absolute height. Shane Black wrote it at his absolute height. Oh my God. And Bruce Willis is the star at his absolute height. It's just prime everybody. And so the, the actual like production of this movie was a fucking disaster because it was just like testosterone flying around and like they just they didn't come out with the movie they expected to but it's still well i'll be honest it's not a great movie but it has so many (laughs) absurd moments like it has a so town it's very similar like tonally in a sense to like malice but plus action genre like put on top of it (sighs) and it has like seemingly thousands of one-liners that are just absurd so I need to see this immediately. Like tonight I might watch this. <laughs> so, all right. I don't want to give away too much about the plot, but basically Bruce Willis is a, a PI and Damon Wayans, who I'm very sorry to the Wayans clan, but I'm like the worst with Wayans. So Damon Wayans is like major pain, bulletproof. Uh, he's in the Lethal Weapon TV show. So that mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. He is uh, a quarterback who's kind of being blackballed from the league his girlfriend is Halle Berry in like one of her earliest roles wow. ever. And she gets murdered. And so Damon Wayans and Bruce Willis team up to solve, you know, what, what's going on here basically. And I don't want to tell you anything more about the plot, but I will tell you just the cold open and that will let you know the tone for this movie. This has nothing to do with what happens in the rest of the movie. Billy Blanks, yes, the Tybo guy, is playing football and he's like he's running you know and he's like breaking tackles and he's seemingly like breaking you know for the end zone and you know he's got there's like three guys in front of him and you're like all right is he gonna like spin move is he gonna like jump over them is he gonna drug him over what's he gonna do i've seen a million football movies this is what's gonna happen right not not so billy blanks pulls a gun out of his pants in full football <laughs> on the field and just shoots everybody <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> that has nothing to do with the rest of the movie, but that is the that is like with the opening of this movie, and you're like, okay, I'm I'm in for I'm in for a ride. It's, it's totally outrageous, and there's there's literally like every single line is a one liner. Uh, here's here's two quick ones for you. This is someone saying this to Bruce Willis. What did you do last night, Bruce Willis? I think I fucked a squirrel to death and don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the same character about Halle Berry. She's hot, Joe. She rates a three on my finger scale. That means I'd cut off three of my fingers if God would let me fuck her. Absolutely insane. I'm watching it tonight. That's it. That's yeah, it. I need to see that one. It's just, yeah, again, I'm not going to claim this is a great movie, but it's just so insane and the circumstances and all the personalities. It's just, you have to watch it. You'll love it. Amazing. Amazing. Great pick. Well, I guess we're at number three. My number three 
And my top three was like pretty hard to order, I have to admit. But here we are. My number three is 2000 film Remember the Titans. So is mine. Also have number three. Wow. Oh, damn. <laughs> and I wow. have the same issue with the top three. So I'm wondering what your other two are. But Wait, that's this awesome. Is fucking hilarious. I, I feel like. <laughs> I called Last it before we started. We really do have such similar tastes. I feel like our net, our other two might be the same exact movies. I um, wonder if they are, but they really. I know at least one is. I think, but wow. Okay, remember the Titans. Interesting movie for me because I had never seen this movie until this week. What? Yes. <laughs> Have really? you ever been on a field trip wow. or like had a, a substitute teacher? <laughs> <laughs> so I would argue that of every movie I had, like of any movie from growing up or whatever that I had not seen, this one for the past 10 years has gotten the biggest reaction from any any of my friends that it comes up randomly with. And over the past 10 years, I'll say there is really no reason why I never got around to watching it. I don't know why I never got around to watching it. It just, for whatever reason, it had slipped through the cracks when I was a kid. And everyone that would sort of go nuts when they, they would go, dude, you haven't seen Remember the Titans? Oh my, one of the best sports movies ever. And I would just always be like, oh yeah, yeah, like I got to see it. And then it never happened. Anyways, cut to this topic. I was very excited for this topic because I was like, wow, I'm finally going to see Remember the Titans, like one of the most famous fucking sports movies. And I can say that it in no way disappointed. I, w- I truly was blown away. And like, I, again, I toiled with the ordering of my top three. Once we get to my others, I- I'll explain why those are higher down the line. But for me, one thing that was so strong, and, and then I'm going to pass it off to you for a bit, Paz, because I want to see each be able to talk about it. But one thing for me about Remember the Titans is it's so well-rounded, I thought. Like, it tackles race issues, obviously, in, you know, the 70s. It deals, it has, you know, a lot of comedic aspects to it dramatic aspects to it it has fantastic performances from i mean denzel will Patton's great in it i mean we have a fucking young ryan gosling in there we've got uh of course wood harris in there who's amazing in it ryan hurst who ends up going to be uh what's his face in sons of anarchy um opie Mm-hmm. And Ethan Suplee, you've got um, oh my god, Hayden Panettiere, Kate Bosworth. It's like it's insane how many people were in this, and especially for someone I have to say that didn't watch it ever until this week. Like, and us being our age now and knowing all these people's careers, it's fucking crazy. So I don't know. I just thought it was really good. It made me cry. It made me laugh. And very, very good movie. It, it moved me. Yeah, so I mean, similar, I actually had seen this like around when it came out in 2000. So I remember it like affecting me then and thinking it was a great movie. And I think you guys might have mentioned on like one of your crying movie podcasts that you had. 
So I think someone threw this out there. So I heard that podcast and I was like, oh, well, this is already a movie I'm considering for a football topic. But yeah, so many elements to the movie, such good acting. I mean, it goes through like, yeah, the racial divide in the 70s in Virginia. Like, you know, Denzel comes in as the new coach and there's a lot of issues there in the town. Even in the team, he has to kind of, you know, segregate this team and get them to like each other, to work together to become a team. And a lot of, you know, football is just, you know, becoming a team. You can't do it as individuals. So uh, just a lot of interesting elements. Yeah, like a lot of random uh, actors that maybe it was like earlier in their careers and are now big, uh, but such good acting. Um, yeah, and I mean, it definitely was an emotional um, you know, I don't want to give it away, but when something happens to one of the players, you know, later in the movie, you know, it still got me when I rewatched it. It was like tear jerking moment. Um, oh. you know, they have their little sayings. They have the, the new QB from California named sunshine with his flowing locks. And, <laughs> um, you know, they just, there's so many good moments between a couple of the characters on the team and it's, you know, it's, a great football movie. It's just like a great feel good movie, um, you know, about people getting past their differences and working towards like a greater cause. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a big element. The music was like classic seventies, like had Marvin Gaye, James Taylor, yeah, you know, yes. such great soundtrack in the movie too. Um, yeah. So there were just so many good, you know, elements of this movie. And I had that same issue because I, I could have easily saw this going at my number one and I kind of rewatched them and thought about, you know, which ones, I guess, impacted me more. And yeah, we'll get into it when I get into my top two. But yeah, all around, just I thought a great movie, great acting, crosses a lot of different uh, topics off uh, beyond just football. Um, totally. And yeah, just loved it. And, and one thing, so you guys have mostly said it, but one thing I really appreciate about this movie is a lot of sports movies, you know, basically ham up everything and milk it as much as possible to get the emotional impact out of it. And this one obviously does like, you know, immediately what's going to happen with the team from minute one of the movie, right? They're not really hiding that, but the racial part all feels pretty real. And it doesn't feel like they really exaggerate that very much, which I always appreciated. And dude, how, how about sunshine in the final game plays both ways? What a beast. What a fucking beast. <laughs> and Mike, I love what you fucking said about the race thing. Cause that I, I could not agree more. I was so, I was like, it, it might be one of my favorite movies that deals with race, like, and deals with the divide that was there. I mean, I, I would say much more back in the day. Unfortunately, I know we're still dealing with a lot of issues today, but like, I feel like it was really a really good look and genuine and not like they didn't try to shove it down your throat. It was just naturally such a, such a, you know, such a big part of the movie and it just worked and it it was, uh, it was, it was so good. And also something to you pass that I wanted to say that you made me like realize that I didn't like say about it. There's just, there's so many good characters in this movie. Like Mm -hmm. there's so many good, there's like 10 like amazing characters like in this movie like fucking fantastic yeah so and just on yeah on the race topic it's like they kind of bring you on like it's this trip too because you're you're following the team for like the beginning of it and they kind of get out of the town if you remember to go to a college to train for a couple weeks Mm -hmm. so you kind of see them starting to bond and you're kind of getting 
over the racial divide part because they're you know they're starting to come together but then they go back to their hometown of virginia and it's like right back in the thick of it and it's just so i think it's just like so well done um you know and he brings the gravity of the situation i think denzel's scene where he brings them to uh gettysburg and he's just like you know this is like people who like fought together and died together and like you know, if we don't come together as a team, we're all going to die alone or something like that. It's yeah. just, it's just like such a good movie on so many levels. And so, that's where like, so that didn't happen like in the real story. Like there's a few obviously Hollywood embellishments to the real story, sure. but uh-huh. it doesn't really feel, it doesn't feel out of place. Like he did make the players like, you know, get together. They did have to accomplish race that way. So like that moment, yes, it's Hollywood. And like, you kind of get the feeling, but it fits in and it doesn't really feel like you're being like manipulated as the audience. Right. Totally. And I'll say the one and so fucking good, but I want to say just my one critique, which is really for me, the, the main reason that I think two other movies for me made it higher was, I guess it's two, two, two critiques, but they both sort of come right at the end of the movie. One, I felt like some of the climactic moment with like the final game for me didn't hit as hard as certain other movies for me. And also I thought the, the daughter's voiceover at the end when it goes uh, to, you know, skips up 10 years to 81 felt like sort of stilted and like, I don't know if it, 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 it felt a little weird to me. Like she just didn't do the part right for a second and it took me out of it for a moment. And so I felt like it was, it's such a good fucking movie, but I felt like the last 10 minutes, there were a few things I didn't love. Yeah. I, I kind of agree on that point um, about the girl. Cause I, I get it. They started the movie like in the future. Right. And then they're flashing mm-hmm. back to this team and then they like tie it back together by going back to that moment, the beginning of the movie. Um, but I agree. It kind of felt like disjointed a little. Like they had yeah. this big, like climactic moment to the movie, and it almost felt like it should have like ended there. Or like, um, I don't know. I just I get what they were trying to do. It did just feel a little. I just think they place. executed like, it not yeah. perfectly. Yeah, that's fair. But she was fun as like the daughter of the coach, who was so like a super intense football daughter. like fan and knew everything. Yes. And, that was a great role too. So good throughout throughout most of the movie. Just that one part. Yeah. So wow. that's me, number three. Number three for you, yeah. my friend. Okay, so my number three is 1998's The Water Boy. Yes. Wow. So I'll, I'll give the basics and then I'll pass it over to you guys. So this is obviously Adam Sandler movie, 98. Uh, very simple pre- premise where Adam Sandler is a water boy of a team who is secretly amazing at football uh, and, and dominates. Uh, and the only thing I'll say about it before passing it on, best kind of movie ever, Rotten Tomato score, 34%. Audience score, 71%. The sign of a true classic. All right, go. You guys go. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Here, Paz, you go first. All right. Yeah, so Waterboy, I mean, obviously just like a really funny movie, kind of like peak Adam Sandler time after Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore and like Wedding Singer was coming around around the same time. So some classic Mm -hmm. Adam Sandler movies. This one was no different. And as, you know, young, not even a teenager yet, seeing this like in theaters, like I think you said, Justin, you did. 
um just some hilarious such like comedy gem moments that like for me were just like hit home so hard um but you know just being like this the premise where he's just like this water boy and gets you know he's kind of getting gets crapped on by everybody right like his whole life and then the quarterback on the new team he's water boy for like gives him you know calls him like needle dick or something yeah he just charges the field and it's like just slams him to the ground right he has like the best tackle anyone's ever seen so they throw him in at linebacker so the premise is just like awesome ridiculous and awesome and he's like lives in the swamp of louisiana with his like overbearing mother um that keeps him like sheltered from the world essentially and he's you know not the most intelligent person either he's got like the lisp so it's like hard for everyone to understand him sometimes and you guys had a you had a podcast about cameos before. So the LT cameo, one of the most famous football oh, players, a Giants fan, you know LT. So possibly the greatest Giant of all time. So they have the one oh. little cameo where he goes to the football camp <laughs> with LT's football camp with the little kids, and he's just mumbling, and no one can understand what he's saying. And he goes, "Gentlemen, this brings me to my next point: don't smoke crack." <laughs> it's just like. The 10-year-old kids because he's just all over the place. Uh, So many good moments. I mean, and then just like the dramatic, what's supposed to be the dramatic final play, you know, to win the game scene when the ball's in the air and all the fans are nervous and like wondering what's going to happen. They do the cutaway to the assistant coach who's just like got the overalls rubbing his nipples. Yes, 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 yes. It was so good when I rewatched it. I was dying laughing. Um, just like there's so many little things like the cheerleaders and mascot are always wasted like the whole movie for this team because they suck and uh yeah i mean they get rob schneider rob he's schneider. like you can do it like he's got that got his fucking head off yeah. did, did you guys notice that this was the first movie the first sandler with rob schneider in it? i never realized that this is the first one i didn't know yeah. that either actually yeah wow God, Dude, so many good cool. moments like henry winkler is like the coach too who's like got his own issues yeah. and is kind of crazy so and like um kathy bates is the mother does an amazing job it's just like the overbearing mom and like that's one of the most insane things that they got kathy bates to do that role. <laughs> oh my god it's unreal it's i mean it it sticks with all of us that ever saw it like as kids i mean everything mama says mama says it is the devil and you know, also, of course, like, and, and Vicky, by the way, Valancourt, she's so good in it, too. Um, Feruza Bach. She's like, yeah. and she was in a bunch of movies mm-hmm. right around that time. And then yeah, the craft was only two years before. Yeah. And it's like, she's great. But like, I always remembered the Rob Schneider lines always stuck with me. The assistant coach rubbing his nipples always stuck with me. <laughs> and then, of course, when Bobby finally like bugs out at his mom and he's like telling her all the things like going back like you know like i'm like i'm gonna play football blah blah blah. and then when he like he goes out like opens or like turns around says something before going out the door then goes out the door and then comes back and he's like and i like vicky too and he's like (laughs) and she showed me her boobies and i like them too or whatever (laughs) oh it's so good like the Colonel I have to Sanders say about it. classroom scene too. Oh, the medulla like the oblongata. Yes. 
One of us is the alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth. No toothbrush. <laughs> oh, wait, where does mama think happiness comes from? And then I forget what he says, but his answer is ridiculous. But like, it like comes from this guy. It's like a race. Yeah, thing. yeah. But it's like the whole, the Colonel Sanders sort of running, it's like the running movie joke sort of with then him <laughs> like getting fucking hurt. Like, it's such a, it's so good. Like, when I rewatched it, the reason that I had it at five and I guess not higher was just, some other movies maybe affected me a little bit more and like in rewatching it, it is of course really silly, but like, it's so fucking good. Like it's just, it's undeniable. The laughs still come from it. And it, it really is actually the first movie, Mike, now that you're saying it, not only Rob Schneider, but like, I feel like it's the first movie that really set the groundwork for like his recurring people. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter Dante, Alan Covert, the Happy Madison like, crew, or whatever it is, like all those guys. Exactly. Like I feel like this one, they all had sort of big roles in, and then it's like from this one they cameo and like all of them ever on going forward. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a classic Sandler. The critics shit on Sandler. The critics can right. suck it. Sandler is a fucking Seriously. jam. Well, like you okay. have to just appreciate what the movie is. Like, it's not trying to be like this amazing like movie that's like critically acclaimed. It's just a comedy that's just like fun, classic like one liners and moments that like I don't know. I just maybe totally. it's our generational thing. Like we said, I mean, it was yeah. one of the first movies I remember seeing where I was yep. just dying laughing, and some of those moments have stuck with me like to this day. So I had to have it on my list. I couldn't agree more. And and. I have to say also the football scenes are fun too and they they yeah. look good. Like the drama- the climactic scenes fucking great. I mean things that have stuck with me you guys have said a lot of them but uh just calling football foosball is like still a thing <laughs> that you like hear somebody every now and then yeah. and you're like I can't remember what's up. And also like low key the the set design of like the little crazy cabin in the uh-huh. bayou has oh, yeah. always stuck in my mind. Like it's so elaborate with the donkey in there. The donkey but, in the kitchen they like they're always yeah. eating like a random thing from like the swamp or like they yeah. eat catfish. She's like yes. hacking the heads off the catfish. Then they have like the baby <laughs> alligators. Like there's just so and he many. brings like the frog muffins to the party, <laughs> right? And they're, the crazy coach is eating them later, like at the party. Yeah, uh, I feel like since I have this the highest, I have to make the strongest case for it, but. <laughs> Okay, all right. A few, a few more quotes that honestly, one of these I didn't remember at all, and it just absolutely slayed me. Which is when he first, like, uh, so he first brings Vicky home, and he's you know has to pretend that he's not playing football, and and, and Kathy Bates goes, "Bobby, did they ever catch that gorilla that busted out of the zoo and punched you in the eye?" <laughs> he, just goes, he just goes, "No, Mama, the search continues." <laughs> just, <laughs> And and uh, the best one, like you know, obviously, like the, her calling stuff the devil is like the theme of the the whole movie. But then when he's taking the the, the test and he gets the question about Ben Franklin and he has the, the flashback, he's like, "Mama, when did Ben Franklin invent electricity?" It's like that's nonsense. I invented electricity. Henry you know, Winkler has like the ass tattoo and he's trying to convince him to play football. He's like, well, oh, mama doesn't Orbison know, won't tattoo. hurt her. And he's got like the ass tattoo that he shows him as yeah. he's like walking oh, out the door crazy. to sell him to play football on the team. This is mom. And oh. the only thing, it is weird watching this movie now 
where like there's such a big anti-intellectual movement in the states and just having somebody be like oh this is the devil that's the devil like just because i say so like kathy bates is trump to so many people in like the strangest way and it just that was just like glaringly apparent like at a weird time watching it this morning Mm -hmm. well and like i also meant this was on my mind when we were sort of very briefly mentioning it back when pas and i were at our number five like on that same level on a different topic it's like in like the pc like world that we live in today Waterboy, like I don't know if it gets made just because they throw around like retard so much in it. And it's like, it's obviously done all to show like how negative that is and how fucked up. But like, even so again, I, I don't find any issue with it. Like in the sense of, again, it's all for it's, it's not endorsing that shit at all. But like, it just is interesting that like it is a little bit of a different time. And I noticed that watching, I was like, Oh shit. I was like, like, I don't know if this will fly these days, like 2021, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, uh, and you're right about Kathy Bates. Like I was thinking that throughout the movie too. I was like, Oh my God, she sort of embodies like what half sort of, you know, one half of America is sort of feeling like right now versus the other. And yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But the last thing I'll say is that it's I think for me Waterboy is it's just probably like the sweetest, most endearing character that Sandler's <sighs> ever written and it's just impossible not to root for him, you know? 100%. Mm-hmm. Every single time it warms my heart. Every single time when he's just like, "Thank you for being my friends." Like it's just slap how can hands, you slap hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, like Dude, the two, <laughs> I was gonna say, how about when he gives the ball away and they lose the game because he's just like getting to number sixty-two, and then he goes up to Dante and he's like, "I'm sorry, will you still be my friend?" And he's like, "No, get away!" From <laughs> oh man, it is just what a good what a good cast of characters in this movie. Sure, yeah. Another movie with a really good cast of characters. If we have to say, it does fit the the classic football movie thing that it has. You know, it's got Lee Corso, it's got Chris Fowler, it's got uh, Dan Fouts, it's got Brent Musburger, it's got uh, Dan Patrick. It has like all like the classic sports personalities that just creep into like all these movies as cameos. That's yes, that's sure. true. And LT, I just have to say, like the the man is. I mean, I love that he's in this, and of course, he's also in Any Given Sunday. The dude just yeah. just bounces around football movies. But anywho. Great number three. So that's you, number two, right? Me, number two. Here we go. And I will say, if if my top three was hard, my top two was even harder. And I went between many times which way I was going to go with this. And it it really just came down to one movie just being a movie that i've always fucking loved and i can watch a million fucking times and it never gets old for me and then one movie which is my number two which is another shocker i think for you guys in that i don't know if i had ever seen it fully through i think i had just seen like a decent amount of it when i was younger and i sort of wasn't into it and then like everyone always said oh it's like one of the greatest movies 
greatest sports movies ever. And I sort of shrugged it off. And then I watched it this week and it fucking had me like, I think I was in near tears for like the final 20 minutes or like literally tearing. And I was just like, I, at first I was like, I think this movie has to be my number one. But then I sort of came back and I was, I, I watched another movie and I was like, anyway, it's my number two. It's fucking incredible. Might be on one of your guys' lists, I'd, I'd presume, maybe, but it's the 1993 movie, Rudy. Such a classic movie. I didn't have it on my list. It was very hard to leave off. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'll let you talk about it, but such a yeah, classic, it's not on my list either. heartwarming okay. movie. Uh, I'm actually glad it's on either of your lists because with football movies, obviously, they can intertwine quite a bit. And so, but anywho, Rudy, I'll jump into it. Yeah, so pretty much I didn't, I never thought, I don't know. I might have seen it once. I've at at least seen parts of it, but I just, for whatever reason, thought that I wasn't into it. Maybe I wasn't back in the day. I watched it this week. I was in tears at the end. It just, to me, is like the ultimate inspirational, not even just sports movie, just movie. Like... It's, you know, it's, it stars, it stars, um, stars Sean Astin as Rudy. He's, uh, you know, his, his name in the movie is, is Daniel Rudiger, but they call him, they call him Rudy and takes place, you know, it starts in, it's in the, starts in the sixties in Illinois and Rudy always has dreamed of playing football for Notre Dame. And the problem is. He's short, he comes from a very poor family, and, you know, he just, he doesn't really, yeah, so he doesn't have really the talent, he doesn't, you know, physically he doesn't really fit the bill, and it just seems like it's, you know, a complete pipe dream, something that's never going to happen, and long story short, I won't, like, go into the whole movie, give it all away, but the main plot of the of the rest of the film is that, you know, after high school, he played football in high school. After high school, he starts working at the steel mill where his father works and his older brothers. And when his his this early in the movie, but his best friend he dies in an explosion at the mill, and it sort of kicks Rudy into gear. And he's like, "I'm I'm going to follow my dream." So he ends up enrolling at a nearby college to Notre Dame. And his hope is to transfer and eventually play football on the team. And it just leads to this incredibly inspirational two-hour movie. As I don't know if we said it earlier, but literally every every single movie except the Waterboy in this genre just somehow is like two hours long. But this this is just like all the rest, two-hour movie. And he uh he ends up like talking his way into a job sort of helping maintain the field. And then it kicks, it goes on from there. I won't, I won't say anything about the rest of the movie, but it, it all ends in this fucking insanely climactic, just beautiful heartwarming, just like for anyone that's ever wanted for anyone that's really much ever had a dream or ever had a goal they really wanted to accomplish more than anything else, this makes you feel like 
with enough determination and hard work, you can do it no matter what. And it's like, it really moved me. I was very surprised. It also has, you know, a very young John Favreau who plays one of Rudy's friends at Holy Cross. And he's fucking great in this. Um, it also has a very young Vince Vaughn and yes. swingers. Crew. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out swingers, swingers crew. Shout out Swingers, one of the greatest movies of all time, obviously. You know, so, if anyone's so money, it's us. <laughs> so money. So money. Uh, too many times in Vegas we've had, my friend. But uh, <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of gambling earlier, but uh, yeah, I was really surprised. Like maybe more than any movie on my list. Like We Are Marshall surprised me that it meant on my list. Rudy... I didn't, I just, again, I thought that I didn't like it or something. And I was absolutely shocked by how much I loved it. And I'm, I'm a massive Rudy fan now. Massive. So much that it's my number two. It's just like, a, it's an incredible feel good story. Like you're a hundred percent on, on it, Justin. Like it's just for anyone who has like a dream and really wants to go for it. It's like he emulates like the work ethic and drive that you should have. Right. It's like you, he never gives up. He doesn't care what the odds are. He doesn't care what anyone says. He just walks out and he says, I'm going to do this and I'm just going to find a way. You know, he has many setbacks and he keeps pushing through them time after time in the movie. And it, uh, it's just like it's hard not to like feel emotional and like feel like warm in your heart at the end of that movie. I rewatched it this week as well. And it, it didn't make my list. Definitely an honorable mention, but it's just like such a good heartwarming story. Um, yeah, great cast has the Rano. I, I didn't even know Vince Vaughn was in it until this week. And I re I knew John Favreau was in it, but then when I saw Vince Vaughn pop up, I like freaked out <laughs> just because I and knew he like this. So in the movie. Yeah, and it's only like a small. Well, it ends up being like a, a bigger moment near the end, but he didn't. Yeah, show up until near the end, like on the team. Um, yeah, it's just such a good feel-good movie. Um, yeah, I kind of agree with everything you said. Um, you know, it's not like tons of action or like it doesn't feel like um, a lot happens, but you're still so engaged in the story the whole time. Totally. And you sort of know, I mean, with a lot of these movies, you sort of know where it's heading, but it's like, it's pretty awesome watching it get there. They yeah. give you, yeah. they give you the emotional weight that the ending pays off big, I think. So you guys have, have pretty much said it and I don't want to give away anything. Uh, even though this is an older movie, I agree that you know, the movie, that it'll lose some of its impact uh, if you give away some of the moments, but mm -hmm. The thing with this movie is like what we were saying about remember the titans this movie like there's a bunch of moments that didn't actually happen and it doesn't feel like they would ever actually happen when you're watching it and at the same time you don't care and you cry anyway there's like three <laughs> certifiable cry moments in this movie they really are and really i won't say what happens but there's one moment that accompanies where like the coach says to one of the players where he's like you have to start being a captain he's like believe i am sir and it's just like it's, <laughs> it's so over the top but it just fucking slays me God, it's dude. like there it really is like it's so funny because it is like there are some like over the top like a little bit like much moments and like i will say like for with remember the titans for instance 
it is like a much remember the titans is probably more rewatchable i think i mean again it was my first sort of my first time for both this week but like i think i i think for me what edged rudy out personally but i think they're both fucking at the top tier of sports movies is like and football movies obviously is rudy i felt so much fucking emotion with the ending whereas i felt like remember the titans was such a fucking good movie through and through and overall but the ending was a little bit a little bit of like didn't fully do it for me and that's like it didn't leave me the cherry on top i don't know i but but both so good but that's why for me rudy got number two for me nice but yeah fucking great movie and i will hand it off to my main man pass all right so my number two um i had really liked the movie um and i rewatched it this week and i i guess i i saw it on a bunch of different levels that i didn't even see it before and maybe appreciate it in different ways um but overall i just think it was like you know well done i think there's so many good actors my number two is the 1999 movie any given sunday which you just mentioned before Ooh, that's well what a segue what a segue talk about first off a stacked cast we have al pacino dennis quaid jamie fox Cameron diaz james woods lawrence taylor again who plays like a more major role jim brown who's one of the most like famous running backs ever plays like the defensive coordinator it's like Aaron Eckhart, LL Cool J. I mean, there's so mm-hmm. many people in this movie. Um, Holy shit. And I just thought it was such a cool like mix of also directed by Oliver Stone, who's one best director for Platoon, uh, I think Born on the Fourth of July. So, I mean, obviously, like star studded talent, star studded director. Um, heavyweights. Heavyweights. So basically it follows this team, the Miami Sharks and Dennis Quaid is like the starting quarterback. So similar to like uh, what we talked about with Varsity Blues, like the starting quarterback, Dennis Quaid goes down with an injury right away, start of the movie. So then they put the second string guy in there and he also gets hurt. So Jamie Foxx is this third string QB and it doesn't never played in the NFL and Al Pacino's the head coach. Uh, so he goes in there, you know, he starts to, perform pretty well for this team you know they're on like a losing streak and he goes in you know starts to play pretty well and he get you know gets this um you know all this momentum obviously he gets this popularity and fame because he's now the new hotshot quarterback also this movie's made in 99 and he's like a very agile quarterback who like runs a lot and i mean maybe this is just me being in our generation but that kind of quarterback didn't really exist yet in today's football. Like, True. I, and so I was like, when did Michael Vick come into the league? Cause I was very curious because Michael Vick was kind of the first big name, I think quarterback that kind of changed the game of football in terms of like the agile quarterback who now it's like, and you sort of Lamar rushing Jackson, quite a bit. You see, you know, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. It's like, almost like you have to be agile now. Like, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. a Patriots fan bittersweet about the Tom Brady new recent Super Bowl, but you know, talk about the, <laughs> but were old... you sort of happy? Oh, I'm yeah, it was bittersweet. I was happy for him. I was rooting for him. Also mm-hmm. won money on that game, of course, because I bet there on the box. <laughs> so, um, 
but he's like one of the last uh, generation of like not really a mobile quarterback, but he's just so accurate and such a high IQ that he can do it. Whereas now the game's all agile quarterbacks. But anyway, so Jamie Foxx is this like really agile, like exciting quarterback who can like, do all kinds of things, gains this fame and gets this ego. But there's other elements where they follow like the players and their like incentives, like their financial incentives of the game and how some of them are kind of being selfish and they're more about like what they need to do to like earn their big bucks in the season. It takes Cameron Diaz is like the owner of the team. She has she's trying to move the team or like bully Miami into like getting them a new stadium. Um, so there's this whole dynamic about like financials. And then it was like this whole gladiator theme I saw, you know, I didn't notice as much, I guess, the first time around. But they talk about how it's like modern day gladiators. Right. So they used to be in arenas mm-hmm. and like it was like this brutal, like kill each other sport back in the day and now like football is like the brutal sport that people play and the, they still have the fans in the stands and they do all these like ties to that throughout the movie that were very interesting like rewatching that such good characters um there were just like so many crazy moments like uh, you know shark is like lt he's like the linebacker who's like old school he's been in the league a long time he's got his own incentive he wins like a million dollars if he gets like another sack and three tackles at one point um but they have a feud like you know when jamie fox is like hot shot he starts talking crap about the defense not doing their job and the old school guys like lt are like no like that's not gonna happen so he cuts his car in half with a saw to stay on the top and he has this big like saw and literally cuts his suv in half uh so there's just so many moments james woods is like the shady doctor who's like not really just disclosing all the injuries because he's just like letting the players play and um you know lo cool j's the running back it's just such a great cast um you know there's a lot of good football scenes just i thought like they had some some cool shots of like the in-game moments brutal like some brutal scenes too which i mean kind of unrealistic like when a guy's eye pops out on the field at one point (laughs) (laughs) so i was like that would never happen in a football game but it was like funny bro that that happens like three times a season (laughs) (laughs) but there were some cool like brutal scenes they have like that monsoon game and there's some huge hits and like I don't know. I just thought it was like so entertaining. There's so many like elements and characters to this movie. And there's, you know, a football side, financial side, like, um, you know, Al Pacino's like a divorced head coach, like kind of washed out a little, but still trying to like make it happen. And he's got like this escort girlfriend throughout the movie the whole time. Um, Dude. And the Pacino speech. Yeah. And then that speech. So I remember in eighth grade, so I played football through high school and for a while in high school, I thought that like I would try to play in college. I mean, I was pretty Mm -hmm. good. I kind of came to the eventual realization I wasn't like good enough, but I was good for my team. I was like the captain of my high school football team. But anyway, in in eighth grade, we played the game of inches like speech by Al Pacino, uh-huh. like in our locker room to get us pumped up for like one of the games. And I'll never forget that moment. So I think it's like those little moments wow. that also have this like deeper impact of this movie on me where I just get like fired up hearing Al Pacino, like giving the speech about inches and like dying for your teammates and giving your all for that inch. 
yeah so it just gets me like going when i hear him talk and just like so many moments in this movie that um i don't just get me like fired up about football and uh the complexities of the sport too it's like you know when you see it on tv you just see like the action and you don't appreciate like the behind the scenes stuff that's really like motivating or um kind of making people drive towards their ultimate like play and um making so i just thought it was a very like well done movie some cool moments the way they tied it back to like gladiators and then the financials and it was just like so many elements of this movie so and star-studded cast great you know great acting great directing so i loved it when i rewatched it i liked it more in like different ways than i used to like it so that's my number two dude great great pick and and probably the longest football movie maybe that there is almost three hours long Almost three hours and i re i rewatched this this week as well i was really hazy on it again i i had definitely seen any given sunday but only once and and i obviously knew the speech but i was really happy to rewatch it it definitely was one of my honorable mentions um but like yeah i would say one of the one of the only things there's two things I don't like about it, which aren't like deal breakers by any means. Just maybe for me, like took it a little bit out of the running. I don't, and this isn't their fault. This first point, it's unfortunate that they couldn't use like real NFL. Well, actually, that's not even true because other movies don't have like the real NFL teams. But yeah, for you, Pass, I'm curious, like if you felt this way when I was watching. It's like when they're in like the stadiums. And like they're on the football fields, like the football fields almost looked like sort of like fake to me, like not like fake, like it wasn't they weren't actually on a field, but it didn't look like a professional football field to me. Did it to you or like, am I crazy? I I think some of the like teams that they made up were like a little over the top, if if that's what Mm -hmm. you mean, like they faced that one team with like the eyeball in the center of the field. It looks like a little like corny in those ways. And it didn't like it almost looked like it would be like XFL. Yeah, I I agree with that. It did seem like it was like too um, theatrical then it didn't mm-hmm. feel like so I, I see your point there and i wonder i'm sure there's like nfl rights you need to get to like actually have the real teams and everything totally. so i get why they maybe strayed away from that it's probably a cost to like do that for the movie but it did it did have that i i could see that that it had the element of but that's a little theatrics. that's a little critique yeah just a small critique and then my other one which is another small one it didn't honestly take away that much enjoyment from the movie for me but also Oliver Stone, just he has such a stylized vision in this, like where he, you know, like where he'll splice in like the weather shots or splice in like these like dream visions characters are having while it's happening. And it like I wasn't fully on board with that, but I will say that I want to get into the positive things I want to say about the movie because I agree with mo- with most of what you said and of all the movies, one of, if not the most stacked cast and Pacino is fucking, you know, Pacino, obviously incredibly celebrated actor. I think this is a fucking big, this is one of his standout roles for me, big role of his and LL Cool J is fucking great in this man. Yeah. Like LL's great. LT's great. Everyone's great in it. Jamie Foxx. It, it honestly is at the beginning of Jamie Foxx doing like sort of his really good run of roles. And 
Jamie Foxx fucking kills it. And it's a gritty movie. Like yeah. it, it feel while some of it you said feels maybe a little bit too much, like it wouldn't happen in real life. I also feel like some of the dynamics they display in the movie and the complexities of, of behind the scenes and whatever, I feel like it's one of the more realistic takes in that sense where like you actually get some of what they go through and what is the drama in the movie is shit that definitely happens with real football teams. And I thought that was super interesting about it. So I, well, if you listen to the show, you know that I like crazy movies. Or if you listen to me talk about Last Boy Scout, you know I like crazy movies. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, this movie is just too crazy for me. I don't care for <laughs> it at all. It's too fucking crazy. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's 197 miles an hour from the very beginning. And it never it's lets three up. hours long for yeah, going that fast. All, all 85 hours of the movie never slept <laughs> And it's just it's it's just so crazy that I feel like it takes away from any points it's trying to make. Like we talked about, there's an eyeball on the football field. They're doing coke off hookers. There's a fucking alligator in the in the shower. Al Pacino is like he's trying to fuck a hooker, then he's trying to marry a hooker. Basically, Jamie Fox is like even beyond like any prima donna that we've seen in the NFL. Even beyond my guy, shout out to you, love to you. Even beyond to you, he's at an absurd level where he's literally just on TV saying "fuck everybody," including my teammates, like that nobody would ever say. It's just insane. It's absolutely insane, and it's it, they're just splicing in gladiator footage, like you said. <laughs> it is bonkers. And James Woods is playing James Woods from Entourage, which is bizarre. It's like he's like everybody's just an outrageous caricature, and it's just it's too much for me. But I appreciate that they made this movie and they went for it. It just isn't for me. I will say I definitely appreciate that too, and I think it's really interesting that we all three are at a completely I feel like different spectrum because I feel like Poss is on one end of the spectrum, loves it. Mike's on the other end; it's too much for him. I'm sort of in the middle where I like points from each of your arguments like i i i agree probably equally with both of you and it's like it it the moment you watch it i feel like anyone that loves movies knows that no matter if you like it sort of like it dislike it it is a polarizing movie it's a polarizing movie it's like because it is it's fucking bonkers it's a bonkers movie and I do think at the very least, regardless of however you feel about the movie, what you said, Mike, I think anyone has to appreciate that they went for it because they fucking go yeah. for it. And I, and I will 100%. say, I think it's so high on my list because it, it strikes like emotions with me from like back playing football and a speech. And so I will say it's not like I wouldn't say it's the best movie ever. But I and I do agree that some moments go too over the top. But I think some are also like show behind the scenes, like, you know, doing coke off the girls like boot tits at one point. Like, I think LL Cool J's doing that with the other guys getting his like dick sucked in the bathroom or something. <laughs> but it's like I could totally see that being like a real thing that these NFL players who are like just mess around, do at parties. Like, you know, it's, it's they're just showing 100%. like the most raw like perspective of yeah. like this yeah. is what happens. Yes. And you don't get this view of it ever. It's like hidden from you, but it could happen. Like, but I do agree. Some of it's like too much. Like he wouldn't talk crap about his whole team on like talking with that new uh, sports broadcaster or whatever. 
he kind of rags on everyone. And yeah, I don't think some of those things would happen, but some of it's yeah, no, I but I think pretty real. If, if they took out 42 minutes and it was two hours long, it would make the points that are there stronger because the, the craziness takes away. It just distracts yeah. from them. But what I, like you know, recently we, we talked about little things, right? And, and my biggest criticism of that movie is it doesn't try to do anything besides Jared Leto. And I'd so much rather see a movie like this. Even if I don't love it, it just fucking goes for it. And, and yep. I'll always appreciate that. Yep. No, I think it's a great, I think it's a great pick, Poss. I, I, I'm happy that someone had it on their list because it's an important movie in the football spectrum, I think. Yeah. So great absolutely. choice. And, and, and one of the best football movie speeches. So. And I love like, so there's one moment like sharks talking to Jim Brown who's the like defensive coach. Cause you know, sharks, the linebacker, he's like, coach, you're going to have mm-hmm. a stroke. Cause he's like all fired up. He's like, I don't get strokes, motherfucker. I give them. <laughs> he's just like, like the intense like football stuff you know like commentary and then that crazy uh the white guy who is like the eye black who looks like he's like uh oh yeah he's like praying to the Mm -hmm. dark lords or whatever at one point so he's at like the the banquet they're having we're all dressed up and stuff and he's talking to this older woman and uh yeah he talks he's like so you married and she's like i'm between marriages right now he's like well what do you do for dick She's like seven years oh, yes, old. Yes, 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 yes. Like I fucking years. love that line. And then James Woods like gets kicked off the team. Like, you know, Pacino gets in it with him. And uh, he's like dating the cheerleader. And he's like leaving. <laughs> he's leaving. And he's like, he's like, come on, Court. And he's like, no, I'm going to stay here. He's like, he's like, all right, fuck you. Stay here. Get butt fucked by the 12 Neanderthals over there. <laughs> it's just like so many like little lines like tucked in that are hilarious, but. There really are. There really are. Yeah, I think oh. because maybe because it's Oliver Stone and he's done these big time movies that have been such hits that he he's not afraid to go for it, right? Because he knows like he's done totally. it before. So that's probably why he just goes for it. Um, so I, I agree. It's maybe not everyone's favorite movie and it's not necessarily my favorite movie, but it had moments that touched me at that time. So I think that's why it's yeah. high on my list. Totally. Nice. It has a big personal connection. Great choice. Mike, give us our give us our final pick before the first. You know, the funny thing about my number two is that I thought each of your number twos by the intro that you gave was gonna be my number two. And then each time it just I have to go back and listen and see if that was all in my head or if it's actually applicable to my movie. But anyway, my number two, nineteen ninety-six Jerry Maguire. Ooh, classic. So fucking good yeah it is you know i also say about this movie that i like i think this is a okay to good movie that just has so many great moments thrown in that it's just impossible to deny it just you know you had me a hello help me help show me the money shoplifting the booty kwan (laughs) you know the whole scene where where he quits he's like i'm not gonna flip out you know like it's just it just has so many unbelievable moments and it's uh iconic yeah it's just so iconic that it's it yeah i mean tom cruise is incredible in it obviously cuba won the oscar for his role mm-hmm. for supporting actor he's great i love renee zellweger um it's just yeah it's just uh, such an iconic movie such a great story um 
and it's just everyone's great and it's it's it is maybe a little bit too long and it's, that's maybe why it's not like my favorite movie but rewatching it this week i was just reminded of how many how great of a writer cameron crow is and how many just fantastic moments are you know it's it's emotional it's obviously it's funny it's it's an interesting topic that hadn't really been done before different take on a on a sports movie and it's just always be one of the classics for me dude so mike i know you and i spoke uh for a moment before the podcast and i told you that there was one movie that definitely could have been in my top five that oh, yeah. I just didn't get around to rewatching this week. And it was, it was Jerry Maguire and <clears throat> I'll be completely honest. Like it's definitely the only movie that's not on my list that could have been on my list. So it's like, it's definitely my, my number six, if you want to call it that. But, uh, it's just so fucking good. I, I couldn't be more supportive of this pick. It's like you you dropped all the all the lines, all the things. I mean, the amount of times my dad would recite lines from Jerry Maguire to me growing up. I mean, the amount of times so many dads said, show me the money. I just can't even I cannot even put into words, but it uh, it's so good. I, I It's also was it? I mean, that was when Tom Cruise was like full on explosion mode. Or, yeah. well, Top Gun. It's like Mission Impossible the 80s, but time frame, right? Yeah. Yes. It was sort mm-hmm. of like he already was huge, but yes, you have Mission Impossible, Jerry Maguire. It's like he was in the stratosphere at this, like, at this exact point. Such an absolutely fantastic movie. And I, I love Cameron Crowe as well. Who directed so yeah is i you, you said all that needed to be said mike great fucking movie i'm like, yeah and I, I think for me like i think it's it's got those iconic moments that obviously are like pop culture like yeah show me the money there's like so many good lines there's so many good like scenes in that movie like some great acting too i felt like it was like a little maybe short on like football like it, you know there's not as much like football and it's a different perspective about like the agent totally. and player so it's yeah, maybe it's like not meant to be more about like the game, um, you know, in terms of like seeing actual plays too often or anything like that. And I, I saw this like a couple months ago. And I mean, there is definitely like a lot of the love story angle, you know, with uh, Jerry Maguire, Renee Zellweger's character. Um, so I think there's definitely like some great moments. It's a great like movie and I got iconic moments for me. It like just wasn't enough, I guess, of like a football uh, it revolved around that's the other side of football, which I can see why it's like that angle. Yeah. But in terms of like football movies, I guess I just didn't register as high because there weren't as many. Most of the movies I had had like many football scenes in it. It revolved around a football team. Yeah. Most of the yeah, movies. Yeah, true. And this yeah. is like one player, a couple players that were being drafted or whatever. But um, so I guess that's why for me, yeah, it's definitely an honorable mention. It wasn't in my top five because I guess it just wasn't as much about that angle and that's kind of what i was ranking mine um yeah but great pick totally that that's sort of where i i mean again i maybe it would be in if i had rewatched it but that's like the reason why i didn't why i rewatched other ones instead because i was like it doesn't it is about football but it isn't 
about football as much as a lot of these other movies, but fucking classic yeah. movie in general. Wow. We're here. We're here. We're here. We're here. One, baby. Let's go. I'm very curious, Pots, if we have the same number one. <laughs> I feel like we do. Well might. But I think we do. Um, well, when I went into this podcast, I thought this movie was going to be my number one. And now that we're sitting here and after watching all these fucking great movies, it is still my number one. I have seen this movie so many times. It was the last movie I watched today before jumping on with you boys. I've probably watched it four to five times in this quarantine year. It's, it is just, you, you just can't argue against this. It is the 2000 film, The Replacements. Oh, oh wow. God. I did not think that's what you're going to say. Wow. This, like, just, this, this is an honorable mention for me, too. But I watched this oh today as well. Also. Oh, my God. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, my God. I love that I just fucking shocked you. So I fuck man. And I shout out to my brother, Dylan Cohen, by the way, because he's another massive fan of this movie. I not only think this is the most, I think this is the most underrated football movie. And I think it's just an underrated movie. I am a, I'm a massive Keanu fan. And this is one of, I mean, Keanu, he's the fucking king. He's done so many epic movies. Can't even get through them all. But obviously we have Matrix, Point Break, Speed. We'll go on and on and on. John Wick. This is one of my favorite Keanu roles, Shane Falco. And it's a it's a nice cast here. We've got Gene Hackman. We've got John Favreau, Johnny Favreau making another football movie appearance. Jack Warden in his last film ever before he passed away. You've got Orlando Jones. And, and you've got a bunch of other great, great actors in there as well. I'm, I'm definitely forgetting a few. If you if if you don't know the story, if you haven't heard about this movie before, um, it's it's based around a true story where essentially what happened was uh, it, it's loosely based around the 1987 NFL strike and and specifically sort of around the Washington Redskins, which you know I mean that's controversial for me. I'm a Giants fan. I, I like this. What the fuck? Um, but pretty much. The Redskins, they won all three of their like replacement games, which where they didn't have any of their regular players. Um, and then they they that year went on to win the Super Bowl. And so it's sort of based around that. And John Madden uh and Pat Summerall play themselves in the movie. Uh but which is awesome. But Anyways, it's based around that Keanu plays Shane Falco, who's like the back, who's the replacement quarterback. Gene Hackman is the coach and he's pretty much sent out to go draft this replacement team of, of these misfits and outcasts. And he comes up with this ragtag crew and there's just so much fucking heart in this movie. Like it is, it, it is all heart. And they literally even talk about, how important heart is in the movie. It's a part of the movie. It's also got a great soundtrack. The The song I will survive is like a big part of the actual plot, which is hilarious. And 
I just I just love it. It has the comedy. It has the heart. It has, um, you know, it has amazing football scenes, action scenes in there. And it's just all around, I think, a great movie. And it, it might not be as sort of acclaimed or loved as like a movie like Rudy or Remember the Titans, probably because it it, it is a bit of a comedy as well. But like it actually I don't know, for me, it's it's even better. It's it's got it all. I love I love a good comedy, but this is actually also inspirational. It's feel good. Yeah, it's a, the classic cliched story, but it's like you have Keanu at the helm and everyone just is on their fucking game in this one. And it's it. I I love it every single time and I can watch it forever and never get tired of it. And so for that reason, it had to be my number one. It's a, definitely an amazing movie. It's so much fun. Like I watched it today and I still love it. And it was hard not to put it um, on my list like I was kind of between like I guess comedies for like or like ones that had like the humor but also football. I had to leave this one off, and I put the watermelon instead because it's just too classic. Mm-hmm. To but, but yeah, I mean, I do think it's a it's a great story. Like a yeah, it's based on a true story. Also, they made a thirty for thirty called Year of the Scab. That's about this real story. If you want to watch it, shout out to that documentary. Dinin, does. Am I wrong? Did Gene Hackman narrate it? Uh, that's a good question. That I'm not sure. 30? He might have. Um, I haven't. Cool. I watched it like a couple years ago, uh, that documentary. But it's about like the real players who were just like no name guys, like working regular jobs who got called in to play for the Redskins in this strike period. And then they, you know, helped them get to the playoffs and then they eventually won the Super Bowl. And those guys never got rings either. So they helped them get to the playoffs no. and then they never got Super Bowl rings, you know, so they were never really like recognized for their effort, which is sad. Um, so sad. But yeah, there's so many great characters in that movie. It's not only like good comedy, but you like you said, it's just like a fun, entertaining movie. Um, you know, get some good dramatic moments. John Favreau is like a crazy, <laughs> crazy guy. It's so <laughs> much fun. He like sees red and just like has to like tackle a guy like a bull uh you know orlando jones is great in it he's awesome in it um yeah there's just so many good moments uh you know when they're like messing with falco's car in the parking lot and like other teammate comes out with the gun and like shoots the other guys and shoots the other (laughs) um yeah it's a lot of fun i love that movie it's hard for me not to put it on the list but definitely great movie honorable mention for sure hey and i just have to say one thing i mean how could you not love it when Shane Falco just comes in to give his motivational speech in the huddle at the end. And he just goes, pain heals, chicks dig scars, glory lasts forever. Yes. So good. <laughs> My comments on this movie are going to come from actual texts that I sent Justin and Dylan Cohen, June 12th, 2020. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Here's the first one. Jimmy McGinty and Shane Falco are the best football names of all time. <laughs> Here's another one. Nigel Gruff, another perfect name for him and his character. Also, the prominent product placement for Nextel is incredible. <laughs> I, can, I literally have an entire string of text. I'll just read one more, which says, remember, this is June 2020. 
Dan Snyder is top two worst and hated owners in sports, and the Redskins have needed a name change for a while. I guarantee at least 50% of the ill will could disappear overnight if they rebranded as the Sentinels. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Now they're just the football team. And they should steal <laughs> the Sentinels. How, how did they not pick the Sentinels and they picked the football team instead? I honestly think that's like a temporary name because they didn't want to commit to another name with all the branding they have to do and everything. So I think that was like the easy out for now. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that's the case. If they stick with the football team, that's the stupidest thing ever. But I'm hoping that this is like a short-term solution to hopefully become the Sentinels because that would be epic. That would be that would be fucking epic. And they're like their third jersey, like their alternate jersey could be the Sentinels jerseys, and people would they'd sell so much merch. And if they brought so, Keanu out for the first game as an a Hall of Fame <laughs> or like an honorable Hall of Fame, oh my god! I wrote in that straight that they should put Keanu. They should just make Keanu their Drake. Just have him be like the celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know Keanu would do it too. Of course he would. He's the best. He's the best. The only thing that we didn't say about the movie is the the I will survive scene is is truly like for me one of the most iconic like movie song scenes oh, ever. It's so it it's it is one of those songs where you think of a movie like you think of this movie when you hear it. Every time. You're like, "Oh my god." And it's it's funny too because while I do think it's a bit underrated, I actually think when you do talk to people these days, any, especially any guy is like, oh, yeah, I fucking love that movie. Like, I feel like like a lot of actually like a lot of football movies, to be fair, it got so, so reviews like not terrible, not good. And when you actually look at the fan scores, they're through the roof. It's like every fucking person that watches the movie loves it. It was like a nine you know, it has like a nine out of 10 on like everything when you look at the fan scores. So it's like, I think it's an undeniably feel good, fun movie for anyone. And I love that I get to shout it out and, and give it some props today. Awesome pick. Keanu forever. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Pause. Okay. My number one. This one definitely was like, uh, in the moment, such a big movie for me. And to me, it still like holds up. It's so entertaining. Uh, 2004 film, Friday Night Lights. So I know you guys wow. love the show. I'm actually watching the show now, which I never did until I heard this podcast. So now I'm in season three of oh. the show. Um, oh, yes. I don't know how I never saw that, but it's awesome. Love the characters. Hey, Tim Riggins, baby. Tim Riggins. Dude, shout out. Shout out to Brooke Langton and Brett Cullen, who are in the replacements. Yes. Yes. The show. show. Nice. Nice. Dude. And Brooke and Brooke Langton. She hasn't been in a ton of stuff. She was a great romantic lead in the replacements. She's great in that. Anyway, she's also in the show Friday Night Lights. Mike, I mean, Puss, I'm like, I'm I'm all. Wow. I'm saying names wrong. I'm so I'm so pumped up right now. I I. The fact that you're watching Friday Night Lights, the show, because of the podcast, nothing makes me happier. Yes. Nothing makes me happier. Oh, my God. You guys have like, so many good recommendations. I've already written down a ton of movies and TV shows that I need to watch because of this podcast. Because, like, Especially, like, I know Justin, you and me have a lot of the same, like, you know, likes mm-hmm. and dislikes and movies and shows. And 
you know, you said some that you're like, I absolutely like love to the bone. Everyone needs to see it. And I haven't seen some of them and I've written them down. Like I have, I have to try them. Um, but anyway, Dude. back to Friday night lights. Uh, I don't have the full cast deck in front of me. A lot of the guys, uh, like he's obviously the younger, like teenagers, but Billy Bob Thornton's the coach. Um, they actually have a few people from the TV show. Now that like Billy Bob Thornton's wife, forget her, the actress's name, but she's the Connie wife Britain. of the coach. Connie Britton. Yeah. So she's like, I didn't realize that connection until I rewatched it. And then like Buddy Garrett, Buddy Garrity's character is like the same person in this movie. Uh, he's like, you know, uh, one of the town's people who tries to dictate like what happens with the team kind of like he does in the show or he thinks he like has pull with the team. He's like the same character in the movie. Um, yes. So anyway, you know, it's about this high school football team in Texas, classic theme, but you know, Texas has huge, it's, you know, big on their high school football. It's like, you know, the thing to do in a small town, the whole town community revolves around this team. Um, I forget the guy you would know from Tokyo Drift, who who's the uh, the quarterback oh, in yeah, Friday yeah. Night Lights, but he's also in Tokyo Drift. Um, Lucas Black. Yes, Lucas Black. Yeah. Lucas Black. Um, and then the kid who plays Booby Miles has been in a few movies too. But yeah, there's a lot of ties, obviously, to the to the show. So Peter Berg directed the movie, and then I think he directed a couple episodes of the show Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. Anyway, small town football mm-hmm. team, and you know, there's they're obviously just showing kind of the season and progression and the pressures that these teenagers have on their shoulders as like 17, 18 year olds, you know, basically supporting their community, you know, uh, based on their performance, fighting through, you know, a lot of similar themes we've talked about is, you know, fighting through injuries, just like tons of pressure as like these young men, you know, growing up and. You know, this came out in 2004, and I think I was like 16 on my football team. Again, I was like thinking about you know, I play college football. And so I, it kind of hit home because these kids were very similar age at that time when I watched this, too. Mm-hmm. So and I just thought the way they filmed it was like really cool. And they they just did a really good job of like capturing kind of some of those those moments, like some of those football moments, some of the um you know, emotions, like the injuries they went through. I actually broke the bone in my leg and like, didn't know it at the time and played in my last football game on it. Um, so like the whole playing through injury things really like resonated with me. Um, also Tim McGraw, who's like the country singer, who's not really an actor, but he was amazing in this movie. He's like the alcoholic father of basically the kid who's similar to Tim Riggins in the TV show. He's like the fullback Mm -hmm. in this movie. Um, but he just puts like, he used to play high school football in the same town and has the state championship ring. So he puts all this pressure on his son to like do better. And, you know, he's obviously like drinking all the time. So he's, uh, you know, there's a couple scenes where he's like wasted and his son's like hooking up with a girl at their house and he like shoves this football into his gut cause he fumbled at practice or something. So then he's like, hold on to the football and he starts like duct taping this football, his arms and start punching him in the gut, like the, the ball, try <sighs> to punch the ball out. So it's like really intense. Like, you know, you see like the pressures that some of these kids have just from the parents to played high school football. And how oh, it's just like, it's more than a game down there. Um, so I don't know, just like the emotions of that movie were really high. And um, 
think they also refer to like a game of inches or something like in the similar lines to any given Sunday. And then, you know, I don't want to give away anything in the movie. Um, but you know, that all of these like little inches basically come into play, of course, like, you know, in the final game. And, uh, so it's kind of working up to like making the playoffs and trying to win a state championship. And, uh, I just thought there was just like such good acting in the movie. Um, you know, it really shows like, good perspective on football players and their team and kind of what they go through in this town. And um, so I will say some of the other movies maybe had more like comedic elements where I feel like this one didn't have Mm -hmm. as much of that. It was a little more like um, I thought it was just an all around great movie, Um, but it, you know, is intense at times. It showed like struggles and there's a lot of emotion and it's more of like a drama in a way, but a little more serious. Yeah, a little more serious, but like Billy Bob Thornton does a good job as the coach. Some great speeches by him and like one of the uh, defensive linemen, Ivory, has like a great speech in the final game. Um, so, yeah, that was my number one. Again, you know, similar things high school football, but I loved it. Now I'm watching the show. That's why I'm amazed I never saw the show until now. Uh, oh. Just kind of like went by the waist. I just like forgot about it. And you guys brought it up and I was like, yeah, why have you not seen this? I love the movie. So such a dude so pumped that you're watching the show great pick with the movie i'm like i'll admit that was like the other fucking movie that i didn't get to this week besides jerry and i haven't seen friday night lights in so much longer i actually don't know if i've watched it since i watched the show which would mean i haven't seen the movie in over 10 years and I really should have rewatched it for this. It was it was right there on the short list, but I remembered that Connie Britton and the actor who plays Buddy Garrity are in it, which is so fucking incredible, by the way. But I, I actually, you're inspiring me right now to go. I want. I really want to watch Last Boy Scout, and I really want to watch this because I just like. I can only imagine, I don't remember enough about the movie, but I can only imagine with the show that it ended up spawning that it, ha- it has to be fucking great. So it's like, I'm, it, there's a few movies I want to watch after this, this recording today, but I'd say from you, that's at the top of my list and Last Boy Scout from Mike. I, I think I'm going to have to watch both of those over the rest of this weekend. So I, I mean, my biases are clear because I love the show so much. But I think it's hard to go back and watch the movie after the show because I think one place that the movie – I don't want to say that it falls short, but it just – I'll just say that I think the entire story makes a better show because the movie has such a limited time to develop all the characters and just obviously it's not able to do it in the same level of detail. It tries and it maybe bites off a little bit more than it can chew. Just There's just not time to go into the detail with it. Um, but even, even then I know that I'm biased because like, I mean, Billy Bob Thorne is no coach Taylor. I'm sorry. I mean, that's fair. (laughs) Like I would say actually some of the other coaches that we've mentioned in other movies might be better coaches like than Billy Billy Bob. Bob. Like he was decent, but I don't think like he stole the show in any right. But I will say I'm glad. Yeah. That I saw the movie first and now I'm watching the show the show kind of progresses in like multiple football seasons and it just builds this whole yeah. like story mm-hmm. of the town. But this is like highly focused on one season. 
It's like this is like yeah, one yeah. progression of one season from like preseason to like the end of the season. That's kind of like the move to the end. Well, and that's what's like that's what's t- Mike. What you the point you bring up is really good in the sense of I think any show that's the caliber of show that Friday Night Lights is like a good fucking quality show. It's gonna be unless the movie is literally like one of the best movies of all time it's going to be so hard for the movie to to, once you've seen the show then live up to it because the show is just just as high quality if not more and allowed to explore the characters and the town and the team so much more so it's like yeah i and i think subconsciously that's why i haven't watched it since i seen the show because i i think i don't I am worried that I won't like it as much, which is a silly reason in hindsight not to watch it. I, I'm going to fucking watch it this weekend. The, the good thing I'm, is there the, the plot isn't exactly the same. Like, like you're saying there is a guy that's kind of like Riggins, but he's not the same yeah. on the, and there is an injury, but it's not the same character and it doesn't set up the same dynamic. Like, so it's yeah. different pieces. So it's, I not, remember that. You know, I remember it's a little different in comparisons besides obviously the coach is the coach, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, and, and also I should mention this, that Connie Britton was the second, like of all the people they looked at for Renee Zellweger's ro- role in Jerry Maguire, it just mm-hmm. came down to Connie Britton and Renee Zellweger. Wow. <laughs> Which would have been bizarre. Well, I think it worked out the right way because I can't imagine anyone else being being uh, Coach T's wife than... Connie Britton, and who knows if it would have ever happened if she did Jerry Maguire. Well, what's True. funny too is like in the movie, she actually like almost has no speaking lines. Um, yeah, she yeah. might have like one or two, but she's like, so she's in some Great. of the scenes. And now that I've seen the show, I'm like, oh my god! Like, so they just pulled her. You know, she's obviously a big part of the show, um, but she's like, you know, just kind of there in the movie. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was funny. Now that I'm watching the show. I'm like, oh, there she is. Oh, there's Buddy Garrity, you know. But it is a different story. It's similar and different. It's like, you know, you can see the similarities. You can see how they built the characters for the show in a way. Like they might have you uh-huh. know, had similar ideas for characters, but it's not exactly the same. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm very intrigued after all this time to revisit it. Fucking great choice, and and especially great because it allowed us to speak about both Friday Night Lights, which is awesome. <laughs> and all right, so I had replacements. Pass had Friday Night Lights. Mike, Let's remember the Titans. Yes, it had to be. This it just, I, I guy. Was so much about it. The only thing I'll say that we haven't really said is that it is. It's maybe like the most universally beloved film. And as some of that is anecdotal, but also you could see like, like the Rotten Tomatoes. So tomato meter, I remember the Titans is 73%. Uh-huh. And that's probably not too far off of like what it deserves. Let's say as like a quality of film, but the audience score is 93%. And that's like there what you, you see everywhere. That like a lot of critics gave it sort of like seven, eight out of 10 good to great movie, but like just everybody you ever meet loves it. And it's one of those that connects it, it, you know, people still love it today. It's not just going to be lost in its time. People of different ages, different backgrounds. It just connects with everybody. And I've, I've, I can't think of another film 
where I've just never met somebody that didn't love it. It just has such amazing, like Hollywood wide appeal, and it's just it's just a great fucking story. I mean, I am a testament to that. I watched it for the first time at 31 years of age this week, and I immediately was like, "This movie is fucking amazing!" Like, I watched a couple of these movies with Nikki, and she actually liked Remember the Titans more than Friday Night Lights. We watched both of them, Uh, but yeah, she just thought it was like a great movie, you know. And I agree. I like I was torn in my top ones, but I just think Friday Night Lights like maybe affected me at the right time a little more. Mm-hmm. So it stuck out more for me, and so did any given Sunday. But uh, remember, the Titans is an amazing movie. I think you know it's just all around such a good movie on so many levels. Hard to like say that it's I'm, best, you know. Totally agree with you. I to- I totally agree with with the UPAS, and it's again, even though it was number three, it was a stone's throw away from potentially being even number one on mine. So it. It's just such a fucking quality movie. And I'm glad one of us had it as number one because I think it deserves deserves the spot at least once. Um, so before we move to honorables, should we do mm-hmm. uh, just a recap of our picks? Which is yeah. common feedback so, that we get. Yes. So mine was from five to one, The Waterboy, We Are Marshall, Remember the Titans, Rudy, and number one was The Replacements. Okay, I had The Waterboy, Varsity Blues, Remember the Titans, Any Given Sunday, Friday Night Lights. And I'm uh, North Dallas 40, The Last Boy Scout, The Waterboy, um, Jerry Maguire, and Remember the Titans. So that means we all had Remember the Titans and Waterboy, right? Yep. Yeah. Two, hey, that says something. <laughs> Two totally different movies, That's, but both needed to be on the I, list for football reasons. Absolutely. It's like also any any kids that grew up in like when we did, like born in like 88, 89. It's like, of course, those movies are on each of our top fives, obviously. Oh, man. So good. Yeah, does any are there a few honorables that people want to shout out? Yeah, let's let's go around. Let's Why don't you start with something? I'd say honestly, most of my honorables were were stated in lists. I'd say uh, Varsity Blues was one. Jerry Maguire was one. Any Given Sunday was one. I, I guess I'll shout out. I guess two that they weren't going to make my list, but I enjoy the movies. So uh, one of those is the. The Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, The Longest Yard, yeah. that version. That was on my honorable Just mention. a fun movie. Yeah, it's just entertaining. Yeah, it's like, it's it's harmless, it's fun, um, good little cast. And, and then I'd say other than that, I'd go uh, Invincible. Yep, that was another with, one I with had. Marky it's Mark. Like, kind of like a feel-good movie-type story. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I just feel like it... It felt short a little bit, but I love you know, I thought it was a good movie. It was definitely really fun to watch, but it just wasn't at the caliber of some of these other movies. Um, um I have a couple really I mean, I had a big list of honorable mentions if we want to just go through a couple more that we haven't mentioned. I mean yeah, a lot oh, of the yeah, ones we have give mentioned. Us a few. Um let's see. I mean I had like the blind side is a pretty good uh Sandra Bullock, that was pretty uh, of entertaining. Course. Uh Gridiron Gang with The Rock. 
Oh, yes. That was another one that was like an exhibit. Exhibit, yep. The Rock and Exhibit were the coaches. Um, That reminded me. So, you guys talked about uh, Hardball in another podcast with Keanu. And it kind of reminds me of like the football version of a Hardball. Of Hardball. Uh Coach Carter is the basketball version of the movie. Yes. They're all. (laughs) Yeah, they're all. And you have all. And then Radio is another football movie with Cuba Gooding Jr. and Ed Harris. Oh, I never saw that. Um, That. Is it good? I've never, I yeah, I've never seen, seen it. I haven't seen it in years, so I haven't rewatched it. But I remember it was like a feel-good uh-huh. movie. And I think Cuba Gooding Jr. has some like uh, some mental disability or something. And he's like, uh, I forget if he's a huge football fan. And Ed Harris is like the coach of the football team. So he like brings him like along to the games. Like, I don't remember the whole story, but it was like a feel-good type movie. Um Good, great acting from what I remember. I think Cuba Gooding Jr. was like awesome in that movie as an actor. So definitely worth so a definitely watch. Definitely worth a watch. Um, yeah, I think those are my main other callouts that we didn't discuss. I mean, obviously, I had Invincible, Longest Yard, Jerry Maguire, Rudy, Replacements, um, all great movies. I mean, it was it was hard to choose this list of top five to be honest. It really was. Like, there's there's a lot of good. I'm surprised Brian's song didn't make it to the pod yet. Brian's song, okay. Yes. So I wanted to say, there's. I know there's a few movies I said I didn't get to rewatching. The number one movie I wanted to watch that I hadn't seen that I didn't get to was Brian's song. That's like the only movie I truly regret not watching before because also they talk so much. It's such a like thing in Entourage too. Yeah. And anyways. I'm definitely going to watch Brian's song this week because it's it's right there. But I uh, I like hearing you boys shout that out. Um, I've heard many good things. All right. Here's my shout outs. I'm going backwards, shout out. backwards in time chronologically. Uh, big, big fan with Pat and Oswald. Have you guys ever heard of this movie? I've heard of it. I've never seen no. it. But. It's not really a comedy. It's kind of like... Uh, Pat Oswalt is kind of playing like his own taxi dri- taxi driver role. It's it's kind of it's outrageous. I, I would give it a watch. It's 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 an interesting film. I don't know how good it is necessarily, but it's it's an interesting film. And the end is is kind of cute. Um, Heaven can wait. Have you guys ever seen that with Warren Beatty? No, I've heard no. of it again, it's but cool. never seen it. It's one I would probably recommend to like a bunch of different people. It has like a wide appeal, but the plot is basically that Warren Beatty is dead but he shouldn't have died. Like he was taken to heaven too early and he needs to go back down and find a new body and then get that body into football shape so that he can like win the Super Bowl or something. <laughs> Is oh it a comedy? Yeah. 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 It's a comedy. It's, it's actually one of the rare movies that like the first half hour, I'm just sort of like blah. And then it just gets steadily better from there all the way to the end. It just, just missed my list. The fortune cookie. I think that's 1966. It's called the fortune cookie. <laughs> this movie is, uh, this is, I'm, I'm mentioning it. I, I like it a lot. I'm not sure how many people will like it, but I mentioned it cause it's a totally different take where like, it's about a cameraman that gets injured during a game. Like a player runs into him and he gets injured and like how the story spirals from there. And if you want to reach way, way back, uh, the Marx Brothers have a great football movie called Horse Feathers. And way, way, way back, silent movie. 
The Freshman, Harold Jesus. Lloyd. Jesus. Silent movie. Wow. It's almost 100 years ago. Woo. That movie I actually think you should watch because it's it's really similar to both Rudy and The Waterboy. And it's like, it's bizarre. It's just bizarre to see that in like a silent form. The Freshman? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Okay. Right. Okay. Wow. That's it. That's what I've got. Wow. There's a few movies that I like had on a list to watch that I just didn't get to, but I'm curious. Do you, have you guys seen... Um, you guys seen Draft Day or Two for the Money or All the Right I Moves? I saw Draft okay. Day and I saw parts of it recently, but I saw the whole thing a few years ago. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty good. I mean, it's interesting perspective again of like the you know, the drafting the draft. process and like you know Kevin Costner obviously he's a great actor and it's always fun watching his movies. So yeah, and Draft Day is not if you watch it, you have to like it's not really how football works. Like it's it's if you know okay. about football, that part is not great, but it's. I think people there's a lot. Of, I've met a lot of people that really like it, so so I think it's worth a shot. Okay. Uh, I've never seen uh, two for the money, but I, I did watch all the right moves, and you will like it. <laughs> so, I mean, it's got Tom Cruise. I, it's not bad. It, it's it's just one of those like there's so many of these movies that are like three out three out of five. You know, like they're all just sort of okay. 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 But Tom Cruise is really good. Uh, it has its own theme song, which I love in movies, which is hilarious. But it's like very, like he's in a steel mill town. Like it's very like Rudy and like. Okay, so I also love Craig T. Nelson, who's the coach in that. Worst, worst coach of any movie we've mentioned in this <laughs> podcast. Game. Wow, he's literally the worst coach of football you could ever imagine. <laughs> Holy shit! Okay, I got it's on. <laughs> I think it's on like I think it's on HBO Max, so I, oh, I can watch it for free. I, I've got to I've oh, got to watch it. Definitely watch it. You'll see Tom Cruise's dick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Sweet. Excited, so excited. Well, shit, boys, this has been a fucking epic football-filled episode. I'm we like, it. we did it. We did it. it we awesome. did it. Sometime soon. I'm like, I'm soon on to the next sport. I know you we guys, I was going to say, I've listened to some of your past podcasts and you mentioned, like like I said, Hardball. I mean, there's so many good baseball movies. If you think about like Sandlot, and you go to like Feel the Dreams. Oh. Like, I mean, there's so many there. You mentioned Miracle. Got- Here's a shout out, fun fact. So my c- first cousin is in Miracle. He plays Dave no. Silk on the U.S. team. Um, shout out Bobby Hansen, my cousin. Uh, so he actually played at BU. Wow. So he was a 96. 96- he did 96 to 99 i think he went there um and he was a defenseman he wanted to go in the nhl like he was good uh he hurt his knee and ended up playing in europe for a couple of years but miracle had open tryouts for like hockey players who they wanted to kind of turn into actors so it seemed realistic for the movie so that's why a lot of those players on the u.s team you know obviously they were supposed to be college players um in real life right so they had tryouts for like actual college or ex-college hockey players. Um, so actually the kid who played Mike Rizzioni is also from like Massachusetts, like, you know, near where I grew up. Um, my cousin was in it. So we had a private screening when Miracle came out. Um, and my cousin still talks yeah. to Kurt Russell, like every so often, like he helps teach his son. No. How to skate. Fun fact. So, wow. Yeah. Big that shout is out. amazing. I know you guys are talking Russell's about Kurt those... Russell a lot too. Mm. Lately, so, Shout out Kurt Russell. Fucking love Kurt Russell. And my and I was talking to Nikki Day also about Overboard, which I've never seen, but you guys have been talking up a lot, so I might have to watch that. 
Don't even get me started. <laughs> does, does, wait, does Nikki like she it? Loves does it. Nikki she like it? She's seen it like a million times, and I've never seen it. So now I have to watch it. <laughs> <The> fuck you. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, you gotta let us know. I'm like, dude, seriously, we had so like we've been so excited to have you on. Like, totally lived up to the hype, and you know, we we want you to definitely come back for more episodes if you'd like to. Dude, absolutely loved loved being on. Love talking movies with you guys. It's been a lot of fun, and please have me back. I'll be down for most topics. I mean, I watch a ton of movies, so so let me know. And I'll Incredible. Be incredible incredible and hey now oh first of all if you want to reach us just to let y'all know you can email us top fives and deep dives at gmail.com instagram top fives and deep dives twitter top dives let us know what your favorite football movies are we want to debate discuss all that good stuff with you and hey, if you guys feel so generous, it really helps out the podcast. If you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, five-star review, just write a little blurb. If you have 30 seconds, a minute to give us of your day, really helps us out to get recognized. So thank you. Unless it's and, one star, in which case don't even review. <laughs> yeah, yeah, then don't do it. We don't, we don't need the one stars. We don't need the one stars. If you, if you hate the podcast, then just please stop listening. Um, and <laughs> anyways, with that, us three BU alums will let you hear the beautiful crooning voice of a fourth BU alum yes. to lead us out. Zachary, take us away. Pass, we love you. Yes, we love you, Pass. Top fives and deep dives with how to be